Welcome to Scars to Stars, where conversations and personal stories let us know we are not alone. In this show, you will meet authors and speakers from our books and events as they share vulnerable personal stories to spread hope and inspire you through adversities in your own life. The world is a difficult place. You will find like-minded people here with kind hearts and supportive souls. I am your host, Dina Brown Mitchell. I am a suicide survivor and the founder of the Realize Foundation. I am so glad you are here. Let's dig into this meaningful conversation. Hello, everybody. It's Dina at the Realize Foundation, and I'm here today with Devin Featherstone, who is one of our authors in our upcoming Scars to Stars book coming out in September. And so I wanted to talk to Devin a little bit about what his chapter is about and what his experience has been working with us in this project and learn some more about him. So Devin, if you want to introduce yourself a different way, feel free and tell us what your chapter is. Okay, well, hello, everyone. Uh, Welcome to Scars Stars, Volume 3. Thank you, Dana, for the opportunity to um, literally get my story out and for being there for me recently. It's been absolute blessing. My chapter really is about my, uh, is about overall my entire life, but I feel that my life is also a reflection of a lot of the traumas that we as people suffer together. My traumas are your traumas in the sense of something me and Dana have in common is friends who have committed suicide. Um, so my chapter is about that. As much as it is about a loss of friends that, you, that you'll never see again uh, recently, uh, that's happened to me, but that was due to uh, a memory loss issue, which really stems from my childhood, which uh, really is where my story begins. Uh, So my chapter is really about myself growing up from the age of three and being um, what they would call a super genius savant. My parents were obviously pretty taken back by the idea. And when I started school, it was pretty, pretty difficult for me to communicate with other people. But luckily, my cousins and my friends and the school themselves was was a brilliant school and they allowed me to express myself. While there, obviously, between the ages of three and eight, I met a lot of prominent people, both um, in government and in other uh, areas of entertainment. And that, of course, allowed me to make money. And unfortunately, that caused me to be targeted by people who lived in that area, but who didn't like either the fact that I was coloured or the fact that that I didn't know at the time, they were actually involved in uh, what we would call a paedophile ring, human trafficking. It's something I would learn pretty much every year of my life between the ages of three and eight. And it would be, it would become something that, you know, defined my life. To clarify, I mean, even now it is something that through, through this as a, a means of communication in regards to trauma. It's something that I don't think you ever truly get over. I am um, with my memory loss. It's not just it's physically losing um, so much time 
uh, with loved ones, uh, with my own children, which is obviously another part of my story and um, how how those relationships have all been affected by this one criminal aspect and that of that has essentially both ruined my life and been, I guess, the very reason for it is the things I've always wanted to do is help people. And I believe helping people is something we do through God's love. I've always believed that we can strive to be a better community in every aspect of the word, uh, no matter what nation you're from, no matter what color or sex or gender you are. And so I guess my story is really about overcoming all the hatred and all the all the evil that you might experience in the world, whether it's from bullying at school to people wondering if you're insane or not because your story is so unbelievably heartbreaking yet overwhelmingly incredible. And then having the bravery and strength to really try and push forward, um, not just for yourself, but for your family, your friends, and essentially for truth and justice. And I think that's something that we should all strive to do every day. That is true. Thank you for sharing that, Devin. I know it's, um, I know our audience doesn't know yet about your memory loss and what, what you're going through now to try to kind of relive or understand a lot of things that have happened in your life. If you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so as Dana already knows, I'm trying to explain this as easily as possible. <laughs> um, it's like living two lives. One life I knew from my the, the day I was born until 2018, I was absolutely certain of who I was, what I'd done, who all my friends were. And then I started getting flashes of memory which which some people might call dreams or daydreaming, and I didn't really pay any attention to them. I then started seeing a psychologist, speaking with my family and friends, and it was clear that I needed to take a journey to, to America to uh, find my footing. And so in 2019, I came here uh, to Los Angeles, and uh, I actually ended up recalling uh, Hollywood Boulevard, the hostel I'd stayed in, I started recalling uh, and meeting friends that I, I had known years ago that started helping form and creating solid foundations that were no longer no longer um, figments of my imagination. That was real memories, real events that happened. And the more and more uh, I delved into it, the more exciting and scary life got. Uh, I traveled to Las Vegas, which is what I thought was for the first time. And I ended up walking halfway down the strip before I realized I'd done it before. But it was worth doing again because life is worth taking that journey for. And while I, I said about a friend passed away, I only got to speak to him once before he did. And it's because of that that you can really, that sense or cliche that you're taking carpe diem, seizing the day, taking those opportunities that really hits home because no matter how bad that struggle is, that journey back to who I am has helped me recover my life. I didn't know I, I had 
children in this country. I didn't know that, you know, I was a great dad. I didn't know that my parents got to be great grandparents. And um, with my parents gone now, it's so it's so uplifting for me to think that I didn't fail them, that they saw what their son was capable of and that he was a good man and you know that life that life didn't get me down um i didn't let the beginnings of my life get me down and that i've you know i've i've dedicated my life to to not just to my memories but to like i said before truth and justice i said if there's anything worth fighting for it's each other and it's definitely making sure that um bad people um get what they deserve and good people get the opportunities and love they deserve as well that's true thank you again for sharing it's you know it's been i mean from what i know and from the conversations we've had you've had a a like you said incredible life and a trauma-filled life as well and so i'm i'm so glad to have you part of this project and to get your story out in the world and there are other people in the world who have experienced some of those things too that maybe you your story will give them hope and um, a reason to maybe connect with you or to just know that they can get through it too. So thank you for sharing. And I want to ask you about just the weeks that you've been involved with this project and what that means to you or what impact it's had on you. Yeah. Um, being part of this project has a, a really positive impact. And I would, I mean, if Dana comes to you or if you need help, I would, I would definitely go to the Realize Foundation. I mean, it's not just Dana and Demi. It's all the people I've met uh, while doing this project. Uh, even Jeremy. Jeremy was in the last two books, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I met him through um, through work, actually. And he was the one that sent me to uh, Dana. And it's even that sense of community and talking to somebody. Like, I wouldn't have thought by talking to Jeremy, I'd end up here. But <laughs> ending up being here is where I needed to be. And that happens, that uh, coincidence or divine uh, inspiration happens every day. And... Um, being part of this project uh, to try and help people overcome not just their traumas, but try and get them to realize that they themselves, like me, we're not failures. We may have been victims, but that certainly doesn't define who we are or what we're capable of. And um, yeah, we shouldn't be afraid, not just shouldn't be alone and shouldn't be afraid to trust people and open up. It's something I've, I'm only now capable of even trying to do. Uh, and it's been four years for me with my memories. And it's, and it's hard when you, when you, you want to open up to somebody, even my own family, you know, you're trying to explain to them, like, I know I haven't been present through many years. And, you know, even they've had to tolerate it. So, well, you weren't really you then. So that we didn't know how to talk to you, you know, about something you don't remember. So, yeah, I mean, it can be overwhelmingly scary, but to be part of this project gives you a way to express yourself and release that tension. It gives you a community of people that understand some of your traumas, if not all of them. And it's a family, essentially, that you don't have to uh, get rid of. It can be there for um, 
and I think that's what community and life is all about. And, you know, the Realize Foundation has given that to me and so many others so far that hopefully they can do that for you too. <laughs> well, thank you, Owen. I had a built-in commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Are you feeling alone? lacking hope and unsure of the future? So many people are feeling the same way. How could you not after an unprecedented lockdown of the entire globe? The fallout has changed the normalcy we all knew. It's hard when you feel lost and even harder when you're scared to talk about it. We are here to help. At the Realize Foundation, we provide peer-to-peer -peer support through conversations, community, and personal stories. It is our mission to spread hope and let you know that you are not alone. If you are enjoying this podcast, I would love for you to become part of our membership community to get the peer-to-peer -peer support you need. Learn more at the call to action link for Scars to Stars membership. I look forward to seeing you in our community of kind souls. I think it's, it is really important. And I was, talking to another author earlier today and we were talking about how wonderful our brains are in the sense that it protects us from things and sometimes when you've been through trauma um especially some of the trauma you've been through that I've read about it might be hiding those memories to protect you because it's Sometimes things are so intense or traumatic that you don't need to relive them. So maybe that is part of you losing some of your memory. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, we were made in a way that our brains are so powerful in so many ways and how how that like fail safe part of it um, protects us. And especially with, you know, for me, I was, I was telling Katie earlier that the day of my suicide attempt, I remember those few hours so clearly, but everything around it in that time of my life is still fuzzy. Well, like yeah. I, I had to call and talk to friends to help me remember or ask them what they remembered. Cause they didn't really know the whole story, Yeah. but just understanding what they saw about me in that time, like what was going on. And it was, it's crazy how different people in the same situation have very different perspectives too. Yeah. Because you know, some people think, oh, yeah, I remember this really clearly or this is really fuzzy and I really don't know. So I have to go on what other people are telling me. Yeah. So I haven't experienced that to the level you have, but I've experienced it enough to understand a little bit about yeah. how that feels, because you're asking somebody that you love and trust to tell you what they saw because you don't remember. Yeah. And it's also crazy to me how clear one hour is and the hour before is so fuzzy yeah. it's it's hard to yeah. discern what is what is real and what is truth truth yeah i mean i've had that with with my memory loss and with my life 
so far it's not just relying on people but it's relying on so a lot of people are like, are you sure their memories or then you're not making gaps and one of the funny things about knowing who i was as a child and knowing who i am as a person is the fact that i don't really have that issue in regard it's because of that i'm lucky like i have i can remember things as clearly as they happen you know it's part of the gift of being a savant that allows me that and i don't as a child i didn't see i saw it as a manipulation because of these people they would try and deceive you into believing something that wasn't real and they would choose that to hurt kids and because of that, I, I guess I always put up this barrier of the truth is the truth. And being that smart, it allowed me to do that. But having experienced what you've just talked about, you know, asking someone, you know, you ask 10 people who are closest to you what they remember about that time and you write it all on a board. And then it starts bringing back memories for you and then you, so you create your your memory, and then some of it's real. Well, ninety percent of it's real. They're all right in some way, but it's not your memory. And then your memory is there, and you know you have to then go. Well, is that just it? Is that the memory done, or is there more to come? And I've learned that through. I've had memories of full blown conversations with people and thinking, well, that that's that memory must be surely over. <laughs> you know, that that's not going anywhere else. That's like, it's an entire day of a conversation that I've remembered out of nowhere. Or because I heard, listened to the right song or I saw the right picture or both. And then I could be waking up and just be like, there's more of it. But that's, to me, that's my brain waking up to what I hope is that same beautiful young child whose brainwaves and patterns are working now uh, in recalling his life properly without the trauma interfering with all those blocks being removed. And I'm hoping that that's, that's where it is uh, now rather than, so it's not like, so now it's me trying to explain to other people that I remember this. And I remember that in the past, because like you said, my memories have been cloudy that I've misconstrued a conversation because I didn't have the other part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like uh, like a typical exam, you have comprehension and understanding, but you need both parts mm -hmm. to actually make it the, you know, to make it whole again. And something, you know, I've looked back on my life and been like, damn it, I I acted poorly then or that out of anger. And even if the anger was justified, you know, tomorrow I'm going to have a memory when I realize, damn it, we made up for that. And <laughs> I shouldn't have said those things, you know, and it's really trying to get to there. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that in the past, you know, family, friends, everyone has tried to do that. Well, we've been part of that. And I think that's, that's the beautiful thing in itself. And I, you know, I'd start learning to love myself while doing this is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Like, I mean, where I was before, and I, even that, the cliche of you really do need to love yourself to be positive, it, it's true. Even the abilities to lift trauma, you know, to accept what's happened to you, 
will heal you physically and mentally. And if, because if you don't love yourself, you're going to leave yourself in this pit of despair, surrounded by all the negative feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. And you won't allow yourself to open up to the positive ones and you won't see yourself clearly. And I, and trying to do that for myself has been, while trying to be a decent human being, just trying to function, go to work, have a decent conversation with somebody. I mean, even my friends that I live with, it's like, Devin, one minute you're there and then next minute you're gone. <laughs> and, you know, sitting right next to each other. It's like, wow, just pay. Oh, I can't help it because my brain's going, they've reminded me of a conversation. And now my brain's like, yeah, you're awake now. So that's what your life is going to be like. But yeah, I completely understand. I can't imagine experiencing that to the extent that you have. But I have experienced it a little bit. And it's it's kind of like, okay, I need to remember this to understand and process and heal and move on. But then I don't necessarily want to even know about it once I get past <laughs> yeah. that. And that's it. So I don't I, I don't want those memories, thanks. It's, yeah. uh, you can you can keep them. Keep them where you stored them. Mm-hmm. But but you know, um with my life, that's exactly what led me down dark roads. These people that would have hurt me, you know, they were able to do that because of the trauma. That, you know, they were able to do that because I didn't understand who these people were. I didn't recognize them. You know, and that led to other people, like you say, um, you know, being her or being involved. You know, it was hard to make friends. And then all that guilt as well comes in. Like, if it wasn't for me, then, you know, these people never would have got hurt. But then, you know, I'm like, well, then who's to blame? Because I was just a child. You know, who who was helping me? Who wasn't helping me? And, you know, how did these people manage to get away with, you know, and even that, so even trust issues where it comes to law enforcement or teachers or, you know, who do you trust? Who can you go to? Uh, who's going to be there for you? And I said the guilt, the guilt of even, you know, having a friend and then realize go, coming to America, meeting a friend. And then my friend, my poor friend who hasn't done anything wrong, gets attacked by these people because they're hanging out with me. It's not what I wanted. Yeah. You know, but it's what they want because... To them, it's an enjoyment factor and it's something that, you know, it separates us and I feel guilty about that. And so even having to go through that and yet trying to, so feeling guilty, loving yourself, trying to love yourself while feeling guilty, while being appreciative of the fact that other people that have suffered are in your life, have gone through these traumas and are trying to be there for you. Yeah, it's overwhelming. It's and it's everything. You're and, and like I said, you're still trying to go to work, still trying to get money. You're trying not to be depressed, and mm-hmm. um, all in the hopes that you can, well, you can heal and you can bring your family back together and be with your friends, and we can all get on with our lives. And yeah, it's. I mean, it's fascinating how the human brain works, but I think, I think the soul and our resilience and the strength comes from us being divine and knowing that we uh, have a purpose and place in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do think that my grandmother used to say, God only gives you what you can handle. Yeah. And then she would say, he must think I'm really strong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My mum used to say the same thing, you know, 
uh, lately, I, I guess I have been feeling that as well. I mean, when I was young, I was very close with the church and I felt my mum tried to get me back into it um, after my dad passed away. And I felt very disconnected from, well, from faith, not really so much religion. I was raised Roman Catholic, but I was very more spiritual. I met a lot of spiritual leaders uh, and in different different ways of faith around the world. And I found that it was faith that was the thing that held us together. We all have our different ways of religion having, you know, or traditions in how we conceive that faith. But I think faith is really what binds us. And it wasn't until I realized that that also was an aspect I was missing, you know, and it was, again, eye-opening. It's just, it's having to accept the fact that that's such a must, such a big part of my life as a child that I neglected all these years and had I not gone to the church here, St. Thomas of Apostle, I wouldn't have that back in my life. I wouldn't have those memories, probably. I wouldn't have walked down that path again. And I wouldn't have known that God and Jesus and the faith was on my side. I wouldn't know, you know, I wouldn't know all these wonderful things. And I wonder how much of your life you really, you really forget and how much it's just the fact that as we get older, maybe we're not just being our true selves. Maybe we don't remember our childhood so well because we're just not those children anymore, but we should be because there was nothing wrong with those children. Those children were beautiful, amazing beings. You know, maybe as we get older, we should concentrate more on keeping that inner bit of our inner child, you know, free and loose to make friends and fall in love. That's a really good point. <laughs> it's true. I have, it's funny. I have some friends from high school that are in a Facebook group with me and they still live where I grew up and I've been gone for 30 years. And so my family still lives there too, but it's amazing to me what they remember about like elementary school yeah. and they'll post something. And I was like, I don't remember that at all. No. <laughs> I tell you my teacher's names and what grade I couldn't tell you any of that. And so my friend's like, well, I remember all that, but I can't remember what happened yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, again. I, I guess I, we'll help each other. Know, yeah. And again, it's a fascinating thing with memories and with friendship groups. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. I knew when I was born, I remembered, you know, every teacher's name. So where we went to school, every holiday. And it was just so overwhelming for me. I was just like, I don't know these people, uh, you know. And like I said, for, even for my own mother, I remembered a memory the other day and she was crying because she was watching an old video of me as her, you know, little super genius child. And she was crying. And I generally had thought when I saw the video that I had a brother who passed away. And that's, you know, I had a twin or, you know, that's what it was. Because I even for me, close to that age, you know, that's how much I had been hurt. That's how much the trauma had um, taken over already. I didn't even recognize my own self. And, you know, her having to get experienced that as well and wondering, you know, and even now, so losing her in 21, uh, while I was here looking for my life is something, you know, I'm going to feel guilty about 
because I would really like her to be here now to know that I remember that. And I'm sorry, but I'm I'm happy at the same time. And I know she'd be happy for me, but it's just one of those like silly regrets that we all have when we just want things to be perfect. But we also have to accept the fact that they're not and keep moving forward, I guess. Well, I think that you should not feel guilty. And I think that your mom knows. That's what I think. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, is there any last last words you want to give to whoever's listening? Uh, not really. I guess my quote uh, is something I guess I haven't actually sent yet. But I guess it would be um, something like to be happy but never at the expense of another's. That's something I genuinely believe in myself, something that I, uh, through my life, I believe, discovered, and I believe it's it's a way that to help you teach to live your life, be respectful of others. And my favourite quote while doing this would be that a thousand, um, thousand griefs can be shattered by one joy. And, you know, you should never should never let somebody else's pain or anguish define your happiness. That's a good one. Yeah. I think we'll end on that. Okay. And I just want to say for anybody listening, you can find us at therealizedfoundation.org and you can read all about our books there and our authors. You can also apply to tell your story and you also can read more about our events and our free hope course that we have there and all of those good things that so we hope to see you at one of our events or hear from you in our Facebook group. And thank you for watching. And this book will be out in September of 23. I'm so happy you joined us for this conversation. My wish is that you found comfort and hope in your own unique situation. If you resonated with our message, please head over to therealizedfoundation.org where you can apply to write your own story in one of our books. You can also download our 60 Ideas for Self-Care on the resources page. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, you are not alone, you are worthy, and you are enough.